Welcome to One Heart, One Mind, a podcast of the Nampa, Idaho South Stake to inspire and give hope in our efforts to build Zion. And now your host, Kim Keller. Hello, I'm Kim Keller. I'm today's host for the podcast of One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. I am excited because today we're joined by Dan Manjack from the Good News Church here in Nampa. Dan, thank you for joining us today. I'm not going to go into all the details of who you are because I want to have that uh, develop and unfold as we talk to you. Awesome. It's good to be here. Uh, so I think that um, the first question we want to ask as we unfold the, the great story you're going to share with us tonight is, what led you to start the Good News Church here in Nampa? So I'd like to believe it's the Lord. Um, when I was, uh, my dad was a pastor here in town. And when I really made a commitment uh, of profession of faith and wanted to follow the Lord, I said, Lord, take me wherever you want. Have me do whatever you want, as long as it's not in Nampa and as long as it's not a pastor. So the Lord had other plans. So that's, uh, we started the church about nine years ago. We replanted and uh, we really had a heart for, for Nampa and the people of Nampa, especially the core Nampa area. Some people might wonder why we have invited you to come speak on our podcast. Uh, you specifically, because you've interacted with members of our faith and doing some good, good things for the community, and uh, everybody says, you got to interview Dan. He's just got things going out there on the north side of Nampa. So we're excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you've done out on the north side of Nampa. So um, so we have a church there right in the heart of the Northside neighborhood. It's actually close to, I think, the original ward in yeah, Nampa. Yeah, that's the, where I went to church. It's the 11th Avenue building. It was the Nampa First Ward. I grew up going to that building. Yeah, so we're on the other block over towards the park. And uh, we um, honestly, we, uh, we got a lot of things going on with uh, helping the community. We have a heart for the community. Uh, one of them, of course, is our uh, the Good News Food Pantry, which uh, since COVID started, uh, we've been feeding about 250 to 300 families each month. Wow. Uh, then we also have um, a ministry that we do at uh, Snake River Elementary, which is one of the most at-risk schools in the whole Treasure Valley. And there we we do like an after-school like Bible club um uh, which, of course, because of COVID, we can't do. Uh, but we do whatever way we can impact our neighbors and neighborhood. Um, we also have a, a ministry house, prayer house there for the neighbors and, and those that are in need. That's great. One of, the, one of Jesus's divine mandates is to help the poor. And it yeah. sounds like you guys have really zeroed in and focused on a need out there. Um, Specifically, when it comes to the food pantry, how did you determine that there was a need out there? Well, our building, we actually purchased it from the Catholic Church, and they had a food bank and a secondhand store in our building. So we immediately saw the need. Uh, Paul's Market closed about 10 or 11 years ago, and uh, a large percentage of people on the north side uh, don't have access to vehicles. And uh, I think about that, uh, the, U the USDA actually called that area, has deemed that area a food desert. So we just saw the need, um, and it was very prevalent that people were coming, and we were doing what we could. 
to help the need, but we saw that there was a need for a permanent food pantry. Yeah, that's great. I, I have heard there's quite a few groups that have tried to get together to solve that. Isn't there a kind of a coalition that I've heard about there for to try to help that desert, that food desert out there? Yeah, so that's uh, one of the ways I came in. I was asked by the previous mayor, um, Bob Henry, to be on the Healthy Nampa Coalition. That was specifically looking at the north side in the downtown Nampa area uh, to meet the needs uh, because it it seemed like that part was being left behind by other parts of the city. And, uh, you know, the statistics of childhood obesity and, and things like that and just health uh, was was really diminishing as other parts of Nampa were, were improving tremendously. So I, I, I kind of uh, wanted to also share how, I, how it kind of came on my radar to do the food pantry. There was actually a, a dialogue of... Uh, your church and the Nazarene church, and I was actually invited uh, out at NNU. It was a interfaith dialogue. And one of the professors from NNU actually said, he said this, he said, yeah, there's plenty of stuff that divide us, but what if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the evangelical churches got together, we could make sure that not one person was, uh, was hungry in our city. And that really stuck with me. And that was about seven, eight years ago. And then we saw the need, and with the Nampa Healthy Coalition, I connected with uh, Neil Moore at the, uh, at the uh, Nampa Care House. And we started, uh, in, co- in cooperation with the Idaho Food Bank, started doing a monthly mobile food pantry in the north side. Oh, that's great. When you when we talk about part of this podcast purpose is to help promote the concept, uh, well, the realities of hope and our need to have hope in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And especially in a time of this COVID-19, tell me if you could just, well, let's talk about hope from those who are in need that you're working with and the hope that can be inspired with people who actually come and be part of what you do. Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. So... One of the biggest things I, I see in, a, in an area, in a neighborhood um, like the north side, is that people don't have hope. So when you don't have hope, the bottom of a, a bottle uh, seems, seems okay, or drugs, or alcohol, or gangs, or, or things that are really not good. Um, so instilling hope in people is, I think, one of the essential things that we're called to do. And I think as members of the faith community, um, those of us that know the Lord really um, have hope, and that's contagious. And when you can help people and, and instill value, hope, and love in them, it, it really does make a difference and an impact. Yeah. You know, I, when I was in school, I had, I had no money. As a matter of fact, I was in debt, right? I was in Los Angeles. And I remember walking the streets and lots of people were out there begging. And I selfishly said, oh man, I have less money than that guy because I'm in debt. But the reality was it, having no money is very different than living in poverty. They're two very different things. Do you mind explaining a little bit about what you see as the, um, people in poverty and maybe how we misjudge, misunderstand, or think that maybe the blame is upon them in some way? Yeah, so 
I'm an immigrant, and the areas we grew up in, uh, if you go to this day, a lot of the pe- same people live in the same neighborhoods or um, died or are in prison. So one of the things I, I really uh, know is that the power of hope. So my parents were immigrants, but our goal was to get out of the neighborhood. And and so I think generational poverty really is is a is a way that the devil keeps people in bondage honestly and uh what i saw is that if you don't see for greater you won't work hard towards goals and and or see the way that you can get out so it becomes hopeless and people get entrapped in that and and you see that in the north side is you have generational poverty um you know people have lived in the same you know you have in some homes three four generations uh living in four or five bedroom or smaller homes. And so um, there's also kind of this when you when you don't have when you when you have a poverty mentality, you, you basically are just trying to survive, just trying to get by. And so you don't see for greater. You don't understand that there's better for you, that there's programs to help you, that there's people that want to invest in you because you're very defensive. You think that anybody that's trying to invest in you it's for uh, an ulterior motive yeah yeah that's so awesome to, to be able to describe that i i find it easy for us those who have even if they don't have a lot of money at the time still go home to a warm bed uh, they have food and they have an um, access to friends and neighbors and people who can help them through hard times yet there are some people who just have a different way of living that's very easy for us just to judge and say, oh, well, if they just work harder, then their life would be better. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not starting at the same point because a lot of these people are starting, um, you know, with other factors that really uh, prohibit them from, from moving forward. So for them to take three steps forward is probably 10 steps behind somebody else that has a family support and, and a I would say, a, a church community. Mm-hmm. Um, I really see the value in um, the church, especially today. I see people that are involved in, in their church communities. At, even if they go through hard times, there's people to help them out, to encourage them, uh, because we do live in such a, a great nation. You know, I, I, I love this nation. Obviously, we have our, our problems, but I still think it's the greatest place on earth, greatest nation on earth. I've lived in, I've been in other countries, I've been to third world countries, and everybody wants to come to America. And so this is a great place, and, and how we break those barriers down or those mindsets down, I think really hope and love is the way we do that. And isn't it amazing? It, as, we, as we both embrace the love of Jesus Christ and want to have that in our hearts, it, it, like you say, it brings us together as a community. I, I, I love that, uh, how we come together. Now, tell me this. Obviously, it's not always easy to take on what you're taking on. What are the challenges that you have to deal with? Well, you're, you're dealing with, um, yeah, extreme poverty. You're dealing with uh, drugs, alcohol. Um, are you, you were asking me specifically for myself yeah, personally. For you, yeah, for you and what I, you've yeah, done I don't so have, far. I don't have drugs or alcohol or gangs in my uh, problem uh, personally. Uh, I think the biggest challenge is, is you see the need, and sometimes you you don't feel like you can help everyone. Mm-hmm. 
And I think uh, just resources and, and people that, that will come alongside and see that there is potential. Uh, I know I grew up in South Nampa, so I understand. I, I used to drive by the north side all the time, and I, w- I hope to God I didn't break down in the north side. But now I'm getting to know the people and being in the community. I just, they're great people. They're lovely people. They're, they're people that uh, they really work hard. They try to, many of them try to have a good living, uh, make, you know, feed their families. And, and so I just uh, seeing, so the, the greatest need I think is just resources and, and uh, you know, people that will come alongside and, and see for, for, greater, for greater, for better for people. Um, what times of year do you feel like, oh my goodness, we are going to run out of, of food. We don't have the ability to help out. Are there, is that come and go sometimes that are, are harder than others or? Um, I think the biggest, um, during the first couple months of COVID, we were, um, stuff was becoming scarce. Uh, I believe we have such an awesome community that people really do step up. I was just sharing with, uh, Lindy, um, how, um, Lindy and Rachel, how, you know, the, the, what was the scouts a couple weeks ago did their drive and we were there, you know, and that really filled up our food pantry. And last year at this time, um, your church actually helped out bringing a truckload from Salt Lake city. So it's been more of volunteers and being able to distribute the food. A lot of times that's really been more of the challenge than actually the food part. Yeah, that's that's so true. I um, I know that there are people, other groups too, in the community that try to work to, to, for the same thing. I know that's what the Salvation Army does, the food pantry at Nazarene Care House. Um, I have been impressed with how people are working together on it. Do you see other groups tackling the problem that you're able to work with as well? Yeah, no, it's a tremendous uh, thing to see the you know the faith community, uh, the food pantries work well together. So if one of the food pantries calls us up and says, we need this, if we have it, we give it out. Or they say, well, we got this shipment of, we got this load of this and we can't handle it. Can you guys take some? And and so it is a really a, a, a community effort. And the, the community pantries are, are a blessing for our community. What are, what are your hours? How often are you open out there? So we do our major distributions on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. Um, and we found that that works out best for us and our, our community. Uh, so on one of those distributions, we'll give out between, especially with COVID, um, we do kind of a mobile uh, drive-through. And we'll, we'll feed, any, like I said, anywhere between 100 to 150, 180 uh, families. In one day? In one day. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So, so it's uh, so ours because we don't have a, a large warehouse to store a lot of things. Uh, we have when we get it, we have to give it out. Yeah, I know that uh, at the Salvation Army there, you just sometimes don't have enough peanut butter. What's yeah. the thing that you struggle? What are, what are the items that you struggle the most for? Peanut butter is is gold in the pantry. Awesome. Yeah. I, and it, I didn't realize how important it was. I went and volunteered a couple of times at Salvation Army and saw, oh my goodness, this peanut butter is important. <laughs> the peanut butter and then frozen meat, meat to mm-hmm. give out to people because I think uh, that's always, it's just more difficult to store and everything like that. And, and so peanut butter and meat. 
That's amazing. How, how, do you have a big freezer to handle uh, that meat? We have uh, several freezers. They're not huge, but we, we do have uh, capacity to take meat. And, what kind of meat do you like? Uh, I, the, I don't have it in front of me, but the uh, Idaho Food uh, Bank has certain parameters. Yeah. Usually if it's uh, – even if it's uh, out, out of uh, date, if it's frozen and had been frozen, there's some certain parameters. So I don't have that in front of me. It's okay. Well, I, the reason I ask is I went, I went fishing in Alaska earlier this year, and the guide took us to, to catch a squid. So I've got this frozen squid in my freezer. I don't think I'm going to use it. Um, yeah, we, they we really, <laughs> yeah, we can't take squid or game meat. Uh, okay, well. <laughs> squid, yeah. I don't, I don't know if anybody would accept that. I don't but. know if I accept it. I honestly, it's just sitting there. <laughs> what are the biggest blessings that you have seen uh, in this in this area of your life? Um, I would say, um, well, after the Lord, obviously, uh, I really seeing the community and. We do live in a tremendous community. Uh, I work a lot with the North Napa Stake uh, and and President Reed and Teresa Laird and others help out quite a bit. Um, but yeah, just seeing people wherever there's a need, we could put something on Facebook and somebody will step up. And so it's awesome to see see that we do live in a tremendous community, and no wonder why people want to move here in droves. But I think uh, keeping that community aspect, and we have a wonderful mayor, city council people <laughs> um, that, that are a blessing. And, and so I think here in Nampa, we do have truly a community um, that's working together. Great. Now, if I were to ask you this, if, if you, you talked earlier about hope and how just essential it is, uh, I couldn't agree more. With with hope also comes a, a vision of what you're hoping for. Yeah. If you were to have, to say, a hope or a vision for you, your uh, your congregants, and the city of Nampa, what what would that look for? That vision and hope. Well, we we want to transform our neighborhood first and foremost. We believe that's why God's called us into that neighborhood is to be agents of transformation. We feel that we have. I mean, we have uh, the Lord Jesus. Uh, we have the church um, to be able to, and so that's my hope for the neighborhood: is is transformation. The you know where where nobody's hungry, where drugs and alcohol aren't uh, problems in our neighborhood, where poverty's not issues. So that's my vision for the North Side and and Nampa, and really be a community of unity. I think so many parts of this nation, and I've been to a lot of them, there's such a divide and on racial lines and other creed and whatever else. But I think Nampa is, is truly a, a unique uh, place. That's great. I, um, I want to harken back just to something you said a moment ago. You talked about how you feel uh, called uh, to do this. In the um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we kind of have formalized that word Calling. In other words, we extend callings to people to do certain uh, responsibilities or opportunities for service. Um, yet, when you use the word calling, and many of your uh, your friends and colleagues in uh, in in different churches, it has a different meaning. And and, sure. and I to explain that a little bit more. So yeah, our our structure is probably a little um, more loose, um, and so it's more on, you know, even. 
people that come to our church, it's not within a certain um, uh, geographic area. It's whoever feels led to come <laughs> um, and be a part of what we're doing. So we have some people that drive from Meridian and other places in the valley to, to come be a part of what we're doing. So we've a calling is really, um, I would say, it's your purpose as as a as a believer. Where, yeah, it's um, it's really more it's a little bit more messy. I would say, in in uh, my context, mm-hmm. in my understanding, and it's a little bit more of walking it out uh, personally and with the Lord in a relationship. So that's what I would say, which there's some days where I wish I had more of that um, ability. You know, I, I do appreciate the structure of the of your church and that well, organization and everything like that. So but there's, there's pros and cons. Yeah, there's this term called holy envy where we where we look at somebody and say, I have I, I envy that thing. And what I envy about about the way you utilize the word calling, our members will often say, I felt inspired or I felt, you know, uh, which which is great because they do feel inspired, but sometimes I think we don't realize that um, that when we're inspired to do something or to follow a path, that's a calling. In in your words, that would be a calling that God puts upon our hearts to do something. Sure. And sometimes we find that well, I did my calling. I've checked that off the the list, so I don't have to do any more today when it comes to God or church. Whereas that um, calling upon your heart or an inspiration. Uh, can drive us to go deeper into our um, devotion to Christ and his gospel. Yeah, I think that's a good way to explain it. I think um, you have to have a love, and and I think people are the calling, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to have a love for that group of people or where, you know, or it's not going to be a long-term thing Mm -hmm. because it's always difficult in anything, any capacity that you serve. And and like you said, there's... uh, it's not something you can just check the box on. If this is your passion, this is your calling, you're gonna rough, you know, go through the tough times. You're gonna persevere. You're gonna strive. You're gonna you're gonna see things and 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 move forward when others think you're crazy or um, or losing your mind at least or or. or Ate something really bad that's Has affected you. Anybody <laughs> thought that about you, Dan? Anybody thought you're crazy, losing your mind? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but not your mom, no. No, yeah. oh, especially my mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how does your knowledge of Jesus Christ influence the work that you do for the community? So I, I would probably use a, a different term. I'd use my relationship sure. because it's not just um, some things I know about him. It's when you have an encounter with the Lord it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just like the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically hadn't. She had an encounter with Jesus that changed her life, and that's what I feel I've had too. Is I've had this encounter with the Lord, and He talks to me. He talks to me through other people, through His Word, um, through a song, and so it's it's a give and take relationship. Even when I I, I pray, I, I try to always. Uh, Ask the Lord what He would have me do, and that's how actually I end pretty much every every Sunday when I when I preach the same way. So I think it's it's essential. I wouldn't be doing the things that I I'm doing if it wasn't my relationship with the Lord because it wouldn't make sense. 
fabulous. Oh, that's great. I should mention you were telling us before the podcast that you you also have a full time job. You're in the energy business, but you're you're pastoring a church. Uh, tell us about the challenges you have in balancing those things. Yeah, I think I have a lot in common with uh, the <laughs> bishops and those that that serve. And um, yeah, it's it's one of those where you you really have to um, work together. It's really a uh, I can't do everything, so we have to lean upon other people and share what. Hey, this is what we can do together. And I think, uh, yeah, I think everybody's dealing with things like, you know, time. And, and I think um, a lot of times time is less of an issue when we actually look at it, that we can do more, that there's things that maybe we're wasting time in, that, that if we, you know, laid some things down, um, that we, we could really, you know, serve more and do more. Um, so I, that's personally my conviction. Uh, you know, I have a 40 hour a week job, you know, plus job, but I, I don't think that I don't try to make excuses either. I do what I can and, and, and I I don't also give into the guilt if I can't do something. I think that's important too, is you can and you do it. And, you know, I'm, I'm always going to choose my family over, that's my first responsibility, my first ministry. And so it seems to work. And I, I, I think uh, there are times where I have to ask for help, too. I can't do everything myself. Yeah. Gosh, thank you. So if I were to ask you just some, just uh, let me ask this question. What, what invitation would you have for, for all the people listening to this podcast? Um, what, can, what can we do uh, to better our ability to listen to Christ to, uh, and in this case specifically, let's stick with the main topic of helping the poor. What what can we do better? I think prayer. I think everything that <clears throat> that happens um, happens first in prayer. So I would say that spending time with the Lord um, in His Word, uh, in prayer, and and uh, I, my dad would always share with us that prayer is not just you talking at God, it's a dialogue. And so if you pray, just say, um, you know, Lord, what, what would you have me do? Or ask questions. And sometimes it sounds like something that comes back into your head or a question back. Um, I, I think now my the Lord and my wife's voice sound very similar. So... Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> she is a godly woman. But I think it's things that really, I think the Lord, if we're open, the Lord challenges us. I think we can know his voice by when somebody does something bad to, to us and, and the Lord says, uh, bless those that curse you. Well, that sounds a lot like his word. So I think that, that probably is the Lord. Or love your neighbor. Or, hey, it's a really good idea if you go help that person or you see that person in need. Or begin by just asking the Lord how he sees that other person that, um, and they're not just a part of the scenery, is how, 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 how the Lord sees them. Such a great combination, being in God's word yeah, and then praying to ask for enlightenment. And, and those words come back to us, don't they? Yeah. Uh, as, as part of his communication with us. Yeah. yeah. And then he'll speak to us through his word, right? So... Uh, yeah, those are those are the ways I would say, and I and I would ask the you know 
I always pray that God would give me his heart. I think that's something that's uh, a dangerous prayer, but it's also a prayer that, that can really change your, your outlook, change how you see people, um, change the way you, you view the world and how what's important to you. I think that's a, a dangerous but powerful prayer. Isn't it, though? I mean, in, in our sacrament prayer every Sunday, there's a phrase that says that we're, we're willing to take upon God his name, that we're willing to keep his commandments. That willingness, just like you said, it's, it's, it's like, okay, I will, I'm giving my will up to you, God. I'm, I'm putting my will on the altar, and now I'll listen. And, and now, just like you said, just giving your heart to him. It's, ho- it's hard to do. It is. Uh, there's Actually, I spoke from it on Sunday, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that Jesus saved us so that we, didn't, that we could serve others mm-hmm. and not just serve ourselves. I'm paraphrasing. That's my translation, but uh, you guys it. get the point. <laughs> well, and, but with your service, too, in, in helping the poor, um, what you're doing is— is this whole concept of we sometimes think that I'm just going to do what God says to do. I'm going to I'm going to um, listen to His word and I'll be saved by His grace, and it, or I'll be saved by just trying to be a good person or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And we forget, in, in my observation, we forget that the church and the community is really how it all works, right? It, it's mm-hmm. we are, you don't just save yourself, right? You you, yeah. you do it with together. We, I mean, we work together, people who believe in Christ people who help each other. Uh, we're not really converted. We're not really l- like Christ until we can love like Christ and, and, uh, and serve like Christ and, and help the poor like Christ. Well, that's what it means to be a Christian is a follower of Christ, or actually the word means little Christ yeah. and how we reflect and follow Jesus Christ. Uh, is is actually how we were followers, and it, there's so many examples even in Scripture where people don't have everything figured out, and the Lord says, "Come follow me," and on the journey, um, and that's what I, I really um, those that think that faith or you know Christianity is boring really need to just look and and just ask the Lord, and and um, it's really a faith journey. And there's some days where I'm like, why am I here or this conversation or why am I here on a Tuesday night, uh, you know, on a podcast? But it's so cool to see what, how God orchestrates things and, and leads us and, and when we're following the Lord. Uh, well, we have just been blessed to have you with us tonight. I, uh, by the way, you're the first, uh, we've only done about a dozen podcasts, but you're the first one who's not a member of our faith that's on our podcast, and we just couldn't be more happy, more tickled to have you have you with us. So, yeah. what are your final words that you're telling? Uh, probably 99% of the people who listen are going to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What do you have to, to share with us as we? Well, I, I just want to share my uh, appreciation for um, how the members of your your faith and the church have been uh, for us, and and yeah, just I know these are troubling times, uh, but there is hope. And, and we just, uh, and I think encouraging each other, and I know even faith in this country is under assault in so many ways, whoever the president's going to be, I think, uh, but I think the love, when people see genuine love and they see, you know, genuine hope, I think that's what changes things. And I'm, and I, I, 
I appreciate that. And I, you know, if you ever can on a, the first or third Wednesday of the month, um, between two and six, come out and serve. Oh, see awesome. what's going on or through Just Serve. Um, we use Just Serve quite a bit. We'd love to have you come to see what's going on and, and yeah, see, uh, you know, it'll, it'll change your perspective. Gosh, what a marvelous uh, ministry you have going on. Uh, what a wonderful invitation that you've given to us. And uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. Our hosts are the amazing overseer Kim Keller and lovely Lindy Bauer. President Keller's right arm is our project director and podcast announcer Casey Maddox. Our front line is the ever-ready Rachel Bauer to direct the site recording. A big thanks to Michelle Lundgren, who is the Backbone Project Manager, who keeps us all together. Our contact man to coordinate communications is John Freeman. Our technical life is given by Jesus Gomez, the key grip and podcast editor, and Don Ricker, the digital platform manager. Not to mention, they both provided plenty of behind-the-scenes good humor for our happiness. Thank you for listening to One Heart, One Mind. We hope that you have felt inspiration and hope in moving towards Zion. As always, thank you, and may the Lord bless you.